For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, Raider Nation, and welcome to another edition of the Believe in Raiders podcast and the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Dennis Ackerman. The Raiders were blown out by the Atlanta Falcons 43-6. Now they find themselves on the outside looking in at the playoffs. It was an ugly, embarrassing performance against a bad Falcons team. I don't know if the Raiders bought into their own hype after taking the Chiefs to the wire or we're still feeling hungover after the heartbreaking loss to KC. Whatever the reason, their performance, or lack thereof, was completely inexcusable. All week long, we heard how this Raiders team was different from last year. Offense was better. They were more talented. And they had strong leadership among the veterans. Heck, Derek Carr even told us at his press conference. And we wanted to believe. We really did. Then you watch his performance, and you just have to shake your head in just utter disbelief. Raider Nation has seen this film one too many times. Sorry if I sound skeptical. I tweeted this out, and I'll say it again. The Raiders' season is now at a crossroad with five games left. They can either regroup and make a strong playoff push, or they can let these last two losses hang over them like a dark cloud and let the season go sideways. All the so-called experts said the Raiders have an easy schedule down the stretch, beginning with this game. Well, don't think it matters, because the Raiders showed they could play down to the level of their opponent. Heck, they didn't even play to Atlanta's level. Completely dominated by a 3-7 team that has no playoff chance, and is simply playing for pride. Well, clearly, they had more pride today than the Raiders. You can change cities, you can change stadiums, and you can change players. But after today, certainly feels like same old Raiders. And look, I hope they proved me wrong. And this one was just a fluke, and they can bounce back on the road next week against the winless New York Jets. But forgive me, I'm not going to hold my breath. Even Gruden apologized following the Raiders' woeful performance. You know, apologize to the Raider Nation. It really compliment the Falcons. They played a hell of a football game, and um, we did not. The turnovers, um, the penalties, inexcusable. It's a reflection of me. We're a lot better team than that, and I'll, ha- I'll answer any questions that I can. Hard to believe the Raiders were actually three-point favorites and the over-under was 55-and-a-half. Right now, the Raiders are 7-and-a-half-point favorites on the road at the Jets next Sunday. And if you feel good, and I'm not sure how you really can, and I'm sure a lot of Raider Nation is just shaking their heads still in absolute disbelief. But hey, if you think they're going to bounce back, go check out betonline.ag. It not only has NFL, but college football. And with the NBA 
Less than a month away from tipping off the regular season, this site is the place to be. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. And then there's always the online casino as well. It never closes. So head to betonline.ag today. Take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Okay, it's report card time. And this is one if you were bringing it home to your parents, certainly wouldn't want to show them. We'll begin with the offense. And for the first time, the Raiders failed to score a touchdown. The overall numbers was pathetic. Five turnovers, four by Derek Carr. He lost three fumbles and threw a pick six. And the Raiders actually caught a break because it should have been six turnovers. But a Josh Jacobs fumble was overturned by replay. I thought the play of the game was Carr's pick six. Raiders trailing by two scores. He got the ball at the Falcons' 36-yard line following a partially blocked punt by Derek Carrier. Great opportunity to put a terrible start behind them and get back into this game. Two plays later, Carr throws a pick six. That was essentially the ball game. Offensive line allowed five sacks. And for the first time all year, it appeared the lack of continuity on the O-line finally caught up to the Raiders. Raiders managed just 40 yards on the ground. 40 yards for the entire game. Josh Jacobs finished with a career-low 27 yards. The offense amassed just 243 total yards of offense. The listless attack saw a streak of 300 or more yards of offense end at 15 games. The Raiders twice had it first and goal inside the five-yard line. All they had to show for it was two lousy field goals. Penalties and questionable play calling torpedoed both drives. Raiders were three for 12 on third downs and one for two on fourth downs. On that Raiders opening possession, they went for it on fourth and one from their own 45. Raiders ran a sweep with Jacobs, and I thought if he just squared his shoulders and turned up field, he would have gotten the first down. But you know what? In the end, it didn't really matter because the Raiders' offense was pathetic the rest of the way. And I'm really being kind in saying that. And the Falcons entered this game with one of the worst defenses in the NFL, especially against the passing game. And the Raiders' performance made Atlanta's defense look like the 85 Bears. Here's what Karin Gruden had to say about the Raiders' lack of offense. I think we get stuffed on a fourth and one. And then I think on the very next play, we have a play-action pass, and then we get a sack strip fumble. So I think it started there. I think the turnover at the end of the first half, uh, we're moving the ball. We're going to get some points. Um, you know, it's just then the third quarter, I mean, it's, it wasn't good. And it snowballed on us today. And uh, I've seen it happen before, but it can't happen again. I didn't think uh... – Personally, we had our best week of practice. Personally, thought we were a little flat. Um, clearly, that was the case in the game. And uh, anytime you turn the ball over like that, you're not you're not going to win football games. You know that's very rare. Uh, percentages are really low. So, um, yeah, that, that, they haven't felt this way in a while. So it's a it's a gut punch uh, for sure. I'll give the Raiders' offense an F, and they really don't deserve that high of a grade. But I can't give them 
anything lower. All right, now to the defense. Raiders gave up 36 points to an offense that was missing one of its top receivers in Julio Jones and its leading rusher in Tide Gurley. Didn't seem to matter much as the Falcons' offense had short fields to work with all game long. I felt most of the Raiders' defensive issues today were self-inflicted wounds more than anything else. I mean, the Falcons had just 304 total yards of offense, but they had three drives starting in Raider territory at the 21, 27, and 36. Pretty tough on the defense when the offense consistently hands the ball over with short fields to work with. All right, let's get to the dumb penalties now because there was plenty of them. The first one, second quarter. Raiders, they get an interception by Nick Kwiatkowski but it's wiped out by a Nevin Lawson hands-to-the-face penalty. Next one, still in the second quarter. Malik Collins, a stupid roughing the passer penalty that put the Falcons at field goal position. But the Raiders weren't through with silly penalties as they continued right into the second half. Isaiah Johnson subbing for an injured. Damon Arnett flagged for pass interference on an incomplete third down. 25-yard penalty keeps the drive alive. And then Max Crosby, the Raiders' best pass rusher, penalized for roughing the passer, and it was a dumb penalty. Crosby took two full steps after Ryan released the ball. I mean, just inexcusable. And I finally think these two plays kind of summed up the entire day for the defense. On a second goal, Trayvon Mullen dropped what looked like it could have been a pick six. Then on the very next play, Falcons quarterback Matt Ryan hit Brandon Powell for a four-yard touchdown. The Falcons rushed for 125 yards, averaging just under four yards a carry. Without Gurley, they went to a running back by committee. Turned out to be very effective. Raiders allowed the Falcons to convert nine of 19 third downs, and the Falcons converted their only fourth down attempt, and it resulted in a touchdown. Quarterback Damon Arnett, he left the game with a concussion after making a tackle. On the play, Arnett suffered a helmet-to-helmet hit by his own teammate, Corey Littleton. So I'm trying to find something positive, and I'll go with these two. Jonathan Abrams' second interception of the season, and Nick Kwiatkowski had his first sack of the year. That's about it. That's all the positives I can really find. Given the Raiders' defense an F as well, I mean, you look at the final score, and that tells you why they get that grade. Finally, the special teams. Daniel Carlson nailed his only two field goal attempts and tied in Derek Carrier partially blocked a punt that gave the Raiders great field position. They failed to take advantage of it. But the special teams weren't immune to boneheaded plays, which plagued the Raiders throughout this game. Late in the first half, the Falcons leading just 6-3 on a 4th and 16 from the Raiders' 22. Falcons kicker Koo, and I'm not going to try to say his first name because I can't, so I'm just going to say his last name. He missed a 40-yard field goal attempt. Just his second miss of the season. Raiders get a huge break, right? Oh, no. Dallin Levitt rolls into Coop and picks up an unsportsmanlike penalty, roughing the kicker. Keeps the drive alive. Falcons take advantage and eventually score a touchdown. I mean, the unbelievable lack of discipline today impacted all three phases. I'm going to give the Raiders special teams a D. For the game, the Raiders committed a season-high 11 penalties, including four personal fouls, 
for 141 yards. They had just 243 yards of total offense. I'm still just shaking my head in absolute disbelief that the Raiders were so bad in this defeat. They were outcoached. They were outplayed and showed absolutely zero heart in a game they needed to have to keep pace in the AFC playoffs. Derek Carr talked about trying to bounce back so the season doesn't spiral out of control like it did a year ago. It's a snowball effect of just bad plays and uh, uh, very frustrating loss. Um, we haven't we haven't done that in a while. You know we haven't done that in, in some time. So um, very very frustrating. Uh, and uh, this is one of those where you want to you want to watch it, correct it, and then burn the film because you're like that's not who we are. You know, uh, but it is. You know, we put it on film. It is what it is. And uh, you know, there's one or two ways we can handle it. We can say, oh, crap, and just keep giving into that, or we can grit our teeth like I think our team will and get ready. Because we have a team that kicked the crap out of us last year coming next. You know, they, they, they beat the dog out of us last time. So uh, we better get our minds right before we get on that plane for that game. You know, I think the most emotion I saw from anyone on this Raiders team was late in the game and a visibly upset Jonathan Hankins on the sideline had to be consoled by teammate Jonathan Abram. Well, I was hoping the Raiders were going to give my brother, John, an early birthday present. But unfortunately, it must have felt like he got a lump of coal at Christmas. My brother turns the big 6-0 on Monday, and he's one of the great Raider fans I've ever known. He lives in Reno and traveled to Oakland for every game. I mean, despite all the bad football we've witnessed over the years, my guess... He probably missed just a handful of home games over the last 25 years. And if I wasn't covering the Raiders for work, he would always save me a ticket so I could be cheering right beside him. And if you're wondering, yes, he still has season tickets. And he'll be attending games once fans are allowed to return. Happy birthday, brother. All right, up next, Windless Jets at New York. I'll have a preview of that one coming up later this week. All right, Raider Nation, that's going to do it for this edition of the Believe in Raiders podcast, Believe Podcast Network. I'm Dennis Ackerman. Thanks so much for listening, and may all your punts find the coffin corner. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.